0: Hello and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Words of Welcome, the teaching ministry of Welcome Baptist Church, Heathfield. Hello, we're continuing our series through the book of Philippians and we're going to look specifically at verses 10 to 13. So let's read them together. I rejoice greatly in the Lord I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pray. Father God, as we unpack these verses, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us particularly about contentment? That we could say, as Paul said, I am to be content. Help us, Lord, in this. In Jesus' name, amen. In the United Kingdom over the last week, there has been a news story that all the major newspapers and news outlets on television have picked up on. It's called in the UK, Wagatha Christie. It's called Wagatha Christie because two wags, that's wives and girlfriends of football players, two football players' wives have been locked in the high court in an argument about Twitter secrets. There has been a huge debate about whether a, a crying laughing emoji is a crying emoji or a laughing emoji. There have been all kinds of revelations and shocking details to come out in the High Court. What's interesting about this story is that both women come from very humble backgrounds, yet have married men who make fortunes weekly and who themselves are now millionaires in their own right, having been influencers on Twitter and Instagram, having written books and presented TV shows. And these women who have everything that our society seems to yearn for fame, fortune, and influence are deeply discontent. So discontent in fact, that they take each other to court. It shows us that everywhere we look there is discontent. No one seems happy with their lot. On our fridge at home, Joe has drawn these words there by Spurgeon. It's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Isn't that lovely? It's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. That seems to be central to what Paul is saying here. I've had much, there have been times when my fridge, my larder is full and there are times when my larder has been empty, times when I could pat my tummy contentedly after a super meal, and times when my stomach has groaned with hunger. But I have learned to be happy in both circumstances. I think that Christianity can speak as no other world religion can speak to this idea of contentment. We have immortal souls. Your soul will last forever. Leonardo da Vinci was among the first to really look at the human anatomy, working out what When, where and how. The reason that he dissected humans was to find the soul. What part of the body was the soul contained in? But of course, he couldn't find the soul. Lungs, liver, kidney, heart, brain, muscle, sinew, flesh, nerves, he found but the soul could not be found. Where is the soul? If I lose a hand, do I lose my soul? No. If I'm brain damaged or have dementia, do I lose the soul? It would seem not. If I have a heart transplant, do I lose my soul? No. Who you are, It's not determined by your flesh, your body. You, that which makes you you, your soul is eternal. Now, if our souls are eternal, then all the things that we can taste, touch, see, smell, hear, which are temporal things that are going to fade away, are never going to satisfy our immortal, infinite souls. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we're told that God has placed eternity in the heart of men and women. And so we are always restless until, as Augustine said, we find rest in God. Because there is something infinite, eternal within us, striving for contentment. The only true place that we will ever find our rest, the only true place we will ever find contentment is in something that is eternal, something that is infinite, God. And so Christianity and the gospel have something to say to us. We will be restless until we find peace with God, until we learn to enjoy him, not the stuff around us, not the treasures that we have that will all fade and be eaten by rust or moth or will disappear. We will be restless. We will be discontent until our contentment is found in God, who is immortal, who is infinite of whom we can never get enough of and whom will last forever. I think that's the secret of contentment, to look to God, to rest in him. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. So let's go through it. Verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Well, we noticed last time that this is a letter, a thank you letter written to say thank you to the church in Philippi. There's been a gap. And after a gap, they've revived their concern, their interest, their support in Paul. We looked at this last time. He said, I know you cared for me. I know I was in your heart, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, he says, but I wasn't looking for this gift. I didn't ask for this gift. And in a sense, I didn't need this gift because I have learned in whatever circumstance I am to be content. I am content, he's saying. I didn't need this gift because I am content. I am self-contained, not in and of myself. I am contained in God. So I have everything that I need. He goes on, I know how to be brought low. I know how to be empty. I know how to be full. But in both circumstances, I am content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, I just want to Notice a couple of things here. The first thing I'm going to deal with is verse 13. I once saw a mug that said this, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. And of course that verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, is often taken out of context. What does Paul mean when he writes these words? He's saying to the people in Philippi, I can face... Any and every circumstance, because God, by his spirit, Jesus Christ, by his spirit, is with me. And because he is with me, I can face anything. Because he faces me, I can face anything. That's what he's saying. I can face any circumstance. Plenty or nothing, full or empty up or down, rich or poor because nothing escapes God's attention. And God is with me, strengthening me. So first thing I want us to notice. Second thing I want us to notice is that Paul says twice, I have learnt, look at it in verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in every situation I'm to be content. Again, verse 12, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Here, Paul is telling us that, that it doesn't come easy to be content. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally to be content, but he's had to learn it. In verse 12, when he says, I've learned the secret, he, he's talking about the, the fact that God has initiated him into this truth. The the words that are used here, learn the secret, are words that would be used of what were called Greek mystery religions, where you were initiated into a set of truths. It would be similar to the modern day uh, masons or some of these uh, clubs that have an initiation ceremony. Paul is saying, I've had to learn this. I've had to learn this in ways that I wouldn't have wanted to learn. I've learned this through hardship. I've learned this through difficulty. These are ways that I have been, paths that I have walked, that I hadn't have chosen for myself, but that God used to teach me about himself. Ultimately, this passage is all about finding rest in him, this one who is immortal this one who is infinite. He says, every situation, whether I've been shipwrecked, whether I've been marooned on an island, whether I've been stoned or whipped, all of these have taught me something about the goodness, the mercy, the reliability, the steadfastness of God. When people have rejected me, I've learned the trustworthiness of my saviour when people have lied about me and stirred up trouble for me, I have learned the sufficiency, the power, the glory, the faithfulness, the kindness, the compassion, the love of God, so that now I can face anything because he has taught me. He has led me. He has initiated me into this truth. That's what Paul is saying. So what is the secret of contentment? Well, it's an open secret. It is finding satisfaction and finding joy in God himself. Everything in life will fade away. Our health, our relationships, our possessions, our jobs, everything we have is temporal. But our relationship with God and God himself is eternal, cannot be taken away from you. That's the secret of contentment. And for us to walk in contentment, I think there are some things that we can do to help us. The first of these is to never complain. This is something that Paul teaches. Don't complain about anything, he says. He says it in this letter, don't complain about anything. I think that's really important for us. You see, complaining and contentment are mutually exclusive. You can't be content if you are complaining. And you can't be complaining if you are content. Mutually exclusive. Gratitude and grumbling are mutually exclusive. You can't be grateful and grumbling. You can't be grumbling and grateful. Oh, to live in a world where we weren't complaining all the time. Oh, to learn that. I think as we gaze on Jesus, as we fix our eyes on him, the spirit of God will work through us and will free us from this need that we have to always be complaining. Always be grumbling about the things around us. So that would be the first thing. Second thing I, I would say that's a very practical thing that we can do is stop coveting. Stop longing for what someone else has. Whether it's a physical thing uh, like a car or a home or a husband or a relationship or a wife. or or a spiritual ministry that someone else has. We long for what other people have. In fact, our society and advertising all push us in this way of longing for the next thing, upgrading to the next thing, being ashamed of the old things we have. Capitalism, in many ways, is based on this, uh, of consuming more and more and more. But God would have us not longing for that which we don't have. What I find incredibly interesting is that this was Paul's besetting sin. Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 7, he he, he says that that he, he... didn't struggle with nine of the 10 commandments. He, he managed to get by without murdering someone, without committing adultery. But he said the, the commandment that he struggled with was the 10th commandment, thou shalt not cover. The difference between those nine and that one is that the nine beforehand are all things we do or things we say. And Paul says, I could get by by doing the right thing and saying the right thing, outwardly looking good. But inwardly, he says, I had these feelings of covetousness. I coveted what I didn't have. And I was powerless to change the way I felt, He actually goes as far to say, who would save me from this body of death? This desiring of things he did not have. And he says, but thanks be to Jesus Christ who rescued me from that. And so the second thing that we can practically do is take a hold of our coveting. Recognize when we are longing for something that belongs to someone else and taking it a hold of it. If you like, wringing its neck saying, I'm not going to let those thoughts into my life. I'm not going to hang on to them. I'm not going to desire ministries that other people have things that other people have, relationships other people have. I'm going to throttle the life out of those thoughts that are in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think this is something we can really grab hold of. Asking the Holy Spirit to help us not complain, not to cover. And when we recognize these things within us, Take them captive. Take a hold of them. Ask God to fill us with His Holy Spirit. So, the secret of contentment is found in Christ alone, looking to Him, filling our vision with him, knowing that he is with us and can strengthen us in whatever circumstance we face. The way to it is practical. Taking our thoughts captive, taking our complaining and our grumbling captive, noticing our 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 lustful hearts, actually, lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, longing for that which isn't ours and taking it captive by the power of the Holy Spirit, focusing our heart and our mind on Jesus. That, I believe, is the secret of contentment. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Welcome. For new episodes and more, please visit welcomebaptistchurch.uk.